Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? We are back with what I guess we can call part two of the Igneous episode, but really it's kind of like different forms of treatments for Igneous, maybe, or for other things. Woo-woo, more anxiety. <laughs> By the time this episode airs, it will air while I am in San Miguel. I'm so excited for you. I'm super excited. So it's funny because we're going to be talking about a lot of this stuff and I'm going to just be out there with my eyes just darting all around trying to like look for these types of things while I'm out there. You got to like talk. To, you got to talk to locals, interview. <laughs> this family trip turned into a business trip <laughs> <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Your husband's going to be pissed. He's going to be like, what? you like, oh, I got to meet the local down the street. We're going to talk about demons and devils and premonitions. So I can't go to the beach with you guys. Before we get into all the, the actual treatment types. So I'm still in the article that I mentioned towards the end of last week's episode, which was the one by Bertie Jane Besenson, Lost in Translation, an ethnographic study of traditional healers in the Azorian islands of Portugal. So that's kind of where I'm going to pull a lot of my information from today. One of the things that they said that was really interesting, and it was kind of more where they were setting the stage for talking about the healers, they started talking about religion and So it said religious practices embedded in the daily activities and plays an important role in the Azorian way of life, which of course we know that, but it said another obvious indication is the location of the parish or the igreja in the community, the positioning of the igreja where kind of like everything, all roads lead to the igreja or whatever, all roads lead to the church. And it said even the term, this is the part I found most interesting, even the term freguesia which I don't know about you, but I thought the term freguesia meant like village. I yeah, thought, where you're from. So, yeah, like the freguesia, to me, in my mind, like my dad would tell me I'm from the freguesia de Aguartorta, and I thought that was like the village of Aguartorta. Yeah. I thought that's what that translation was, and it is not. It literally translates to parish or parishioners, And it's used as a regional designation. And so it says this term is often hard for the locals to translate to English as there's no corresponding term in English that involves both the church and state. Because it's like you're defining like the government by the church. Yeah, so they're not <laughs> they're not big on uh what is it, separation of power. They're um yeah, I was not aware of that either. Yeah. Because I thought like Fagdizia, same thing, was where you were from. Well, it is where they're from, but it apparently but no, is more like all centered around the parish. You're right. And the church. Which is church just always... mind blown emoji. The church is always at the epicenter. <laughs> And so with those religious undertones, we can kick right into talking about how they treat Agniaj and the different types of people that would treat Agniaj besides just quote unquote doctors, 
and kind of differences between how things would be treated in the U.S. or Canada versus in Portugal or the Azores. Right. So I'll just go ahead really quick to just to reference my article. So right now, like, I'm not bouncing back and forth. So a lot of my information will be coming from from ancestral knowledge to clinical practice, the case of Ignish and Portuguese clinicians in America. And a couple of authors on this is Susan James, Jeffrey Navarra, sorry, that's not right. Jonathan Wilfred and Juan and Clark. And it looks like they're all from Canada, doctors from Canada. Both of the research papers that I referenced, I think both pulled from Susan James. I think I saw her name in mine. So like it's that they're all intertwined. All right. I'll start here. It says one of the biggest societal problems on the islands that healthcare practitioners out there recognize is alcoholism. Not a beautiful thing. (laughs) So like that's their like number one problem on the island is alcoholism. And then it said that they've heard many stories from healthcare professionals of people going to the emergency room to alleviate a quote, deep loneliness and to reduce and anxiety that did not seem to be organically based. Like, that's so sad. Right. I realized as I got older, like, when I drink, I get, like, again, here I am. I'm going to use the word. I get, like, a gnish after I drink. Mm. So is that, like, a combination of that and loneliness for them? Alcohol is definitely a trigger for anxiety, for sure. Right as is caffeine and so oh, caffeine they're having a little vino with dinner <laughs> and then they're having a little after dinner espresso and a ganache, I, ganache. I don't know how you do that you love to have one of those oh an after how. dinner espresso yeah that's a whole conversation we can have at some point yeah. about <laughs> caffeine and my anxiety i've had a i've had a roller coaster with caffeine yeah, we'll, we can. That can be another <laughs> another episode. So this article, Kelt, there's a, an actual list of the different types mm-hmm. of he- healers, traditional healers on the islands, and it says they're all in Portuguese. So I might butcher some of these pronunciations, but herbalistas, herbalists. Herbalist. It, to me, it just sounds like a maxinista, like herbalista. <laughs> Indiretish. To me, sounds like a chiropractor, someone who is going to indretar your bones. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like straighten it out. Yeah. And then there's the next one says, Mulherge Claire du Livre, women who read from the book. And the book that they read from, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it later. So, women who read from the book, that's a type of healer. That we're going to talk about. Then we have Bruches, <laughs> the witches. Witches. Love and, it. And then this one I'm going to butcher. Curandes, like curers. curers. Yeah. Curandes. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. I give you credit for pronouncing it. So, <laughs> and those are healers. Those are kind of like healers, curers, what have yeah. you. Yeah. 
which these are all some kind of form of that. So it's, it's interesting. And then of course you have just regular traditional doctors. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I can, I can get into a little bit of both. I like that whole other aspect of like healers and stuff. So I can get into that. But I also, if I'm dying, I want to go see a doctor. <laughs> like take me to a hospital. Right, right. So from my article, some of the treatments that the patients would receive, one said that she had employed cognitive techniques when the version of ignorance the client would experience translated into something like a panic attack. In other cases, she had used Breathe in as well as relaxation techniques, especially when she identified the cause of anxiety. These techniques, according to her, were not useful. (laughs) (laughs) The patient said that these were not useful when the person was just feeling overwhelmed and frozen. In such instances, she would try to sort through and entangle the root causes of the condition through a kind of talk therapy. So kind of like methods that we use today. Yeah, like a therapist kind of psychiatrist kind of deal she also mentioned like depressed clients are more appreciative of medication than such therapeutic treatments so some providers were aware of clients seeing witches healers for treatment to complement their medical treatment according to one practitioner for ignish and whatever else comes with ignish several of our clients have gone to see a brucia. And usually when they go, it's because they are not getting from us what they need to get. They don't feel better. When further asked how he viewed the clients seeking out brucias and healers to get help, he responded, I think for many of our clients, especially the old, older clients, it is a way of trying to get some control over their care. However, another physician indicated that opposite where clients come seek orthodox treatment only after going to the witches and healers and finding no improvement in their condition. So some still go to a doctor after they seek a healer. Yeah, it's so interesting because like the way that my research paper makes it seem is it's like people are only using these healers and they're not using doctors at all, but we'll go through it. So the first one that it talks about here is the herbalista, the TJ Maxinista. Maxinista. I like that one. (laughs) And that's like all the natural remedies to provide relief for physical ailments and distress, herbs, grass, you know, probably equivalent of a little Mary Jane. I right. don't know. Comparable to like the health food vitamin stores that we have. It just says that in the olden days, herbalistas worked mainly from their homes or other locations with little signage or indication of what was inside. Being an herbalista was a consequence of having, quote unquote, the gift and the community access them in their homes. So you were just maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> we don't know. That's what a Maxinista is all about. OK. And then we get into, oh, it's calling this in It's calling it a bone setter. So a chiropractor. Yes. One of these bone setters suggested that her skill had not been taught, but rather she had the sensibility to cure. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? 
I would like to take my chiropractor with a little bit of experience. <laughs> and again, usually with no office space and people access this healer by visiting them in their home or calling for her to come to their home. I feel like in the movies, they're always like running to their homes or like they're running, you know, running to the healer's home. We need a quick sidebar because I, I don't regularly see a chiropractor, but occasionally like if all of a sudden I have like a pinched nerve or something is like going on and I just need like one quick, one quick session or something to like set me straight. So I had a brief period where I was having some lower back pain and some pinched nerve sciatica stuff. And I just, you know, went to the yellow pages or whatever. Wasn't really yellow pages, the Google. (laughs) Looked up the closest chiropractor to me. It was a couple streets over. It was a converted home. So it was in an area with other homes that were converted into businesses, like no big deal, whatever. And I went in. And it was this really old man and he had his one secretary woman. And I never ran into another patient while I was in there. Like every time I went, I was the only single person in there. Like I'd go in for my appointment. This guy would tell me I had one leg longer than the other or whatever it was that (laughs) he wanted to sell me on and that I needed to keep going to him for more appointments. And then I would get back to the front desk and she'd be like, when would you like to schedule your appointment? We recommend, you know, twice a week or once every two weeks or whatever the hell it was. And she had this planner in front of her and I could see over the desk. Like I'm looking at the planner. Like I could see right. the planner and it was empty. It was just completely blank. Like there were no other appointments in this planner. And she'd be like, when is good for you? And I'm like, oh, like, what do you have available? And I'm looking and she would like flip the pages of the planner and they're just all blank. She's like, um, <laughs> you know, I could pretty, I could do Thursday and like, I would just be like, what is this even a legitimate business? Like, what is this? (laughs) These two gave off vibes like they were boinking and I just and they were it was just odd. Everything about it was just very strange. And then I got like an email or notice in the mail that he was closing that up and he was going to continue to practice out of his own home. And I just was like, I can't. I cannot. I am not going to go drive to your home, senor. No That's thing. even fucking creepier. <laughs> I was like, I'm his only patient. He doesn't have any more <laughs> Did you go a couple times or did you just go like that one time? I went a couple times to the quote unquote office setting mm-hmm. version. But then once he said that he was tr- moving it to his master bedroom, I said, <laughs> this is where I draw the line, senor. No longer. <laughs> he's just he's just trying to get you to join his relationship <laughs> i see those in bumble all the time <laughs> where they're looking for a third so they're just trying to do that oh god that was he was it was a long play he was playing the long game with that one <laughs> he sent me an official letter <laughs> oh man i'm just concerned that he didn't have any clients like I, I thought it was the weirdest thing. Like I feel bad. I because I always have this thing where I just always fucking feel bad for everybody. So it's like I feel bad that he doesn't have any clients, but why there's gotta be a reason why he don't. <laughs> he was already giving me like the creepy, creepy vibes while I was there, and then I was like, Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. 
Oh God. So that's, that's chiropractor. <laughs> the bone collector. Okay. The bone, the bone collector. <laughs> he gave me, he gave me. <laughs> she can't, she's not over it. I'm not over it. He gave me an inset to put in my shoe to wear. Wait, do you really have one leg bigger than the other? He claims. He claims I have one <laughs> leg longer than the other. And I think it's because my hips, I've been told by another chiropractor years before that, that my hips are turned or whatever. Like, I don't know. Is it because your, your kid messed you up? This was before my kid. So oh. <laughs> that I had like, like, I don't know, my pelvis is tipped or something to that effect. And so I think that is why I have, and I don't know, my daughter's got weird pelvis issues too, but. Yeah, because your daughter, she's a chiropractor. Right? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Her her chiropractor tells her she's got one foot longer than the other too. <laughs> so whatever. So this this chiropractor told me that one foot was longer than the other, and then he gave me an insert to put in my shoe. So it was like this little gel, kind of like a shoals pad kind of thing. But right, you, but you only put it in one shoe so that it can like balance out your legs and your hips aren't like torqued like or whatever. I don't know. And I'm like, Snood, it's summertime. I'm wearing a flip-flop. How do I put this like insert in my flip-flop? Just it's going to flip-flop right out of there. Like, I don't <laughs> understand. I didn't understand I was, how you put a Dr. Scholl on a flip-flop. I was just going to ask you that because I'm like, what if you're wearing like an open toe, like heeled shoe, sandal? And how, yeah. how does that get in? How does it get in there? You can't, yeah. It's going to fly right out. No, no. So yeah, I'm that's still, not going to work. I'm, Still lopsided. <laughs> I have yet to go to a chiropractor, but I probably should. Because they say uh, it's good to go. I like, I see these videos on TikTok of these like chiropractors who literally just do the most aggressive maneuvers on people's necks. And it just looks so satisfying, but also deadly, but also satisfying. <laughs> No, I know. My coworker goes to one like once. She does like once every week or once every two weeks. And she just gets like realigned. I'm like, that just sounds amazing. Like, I want to get realigned. I want my body and my mind <laughs> to be realigned. That's on chiropractors, which I don't know. Portuguese people don't really strike me as a chiropractor type. No. My mom only went when she got into a car accident and she barely went and they would like give you the exercises to do it from home. And my mom never did them. <laughs> so I don't see that either. The next one on this list is. Um, I can't even say it. Um, I'm interested with this one. The woman who reads the book. These women use the Livro du Seigneur Saint Christ, the Book of Christ, to tell the future. I'm quoting from this from this document here to tell the future, and they are mostly accessed when individuals are facing a myriad of problems in their lives or if they have to make major life decisions. The woman often gives advice and specifically tells people what to do or not to do. So it goes back to religion always. <laughs> It says, how does she do it? We put our hands on the book and she opens. She says some prayers and then opens this book of Christ. 
and she starts to read the page to us. And sometimes it's right with our life. And there are many people going there. These women are always full. Their houses are always full. What is the book of Christ? So this Am is... Am I missing something here? The Livre Saint... Seigneur Saint Christ. <laughs> is that... That's like... Isn't that like the... It's not the, it's not the Bible. Bloody, isn't that like the bloody... <laughs> that's the bloody Jesus with the crown? Yeah. With like the thorns. And he's like bleeding, crying blood. Yeah. It's a very specific... Like, Portuguese version. I did this for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I think, so I think it's a book specific to that. Oh, okay. They would be. Makes sense. Let's look it up real quick. Well, I'm just in Portuguese. Livre sans Christ. Yes. So my. Dos milagres. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. That sounds familiar. Don't Christus Milage, the miracles, right? Yeah. Okay. And so it's the, yes, it's the very specific BD Jesus. Yeah. And he has his own book. My mom has this book. I was just going to say, I didn't recognize it. You telling us like in English, but in, (laughs) as soon as you said it in Portuguese, I'm like, oh, I know what it is. Yes. So my mom has this book. So maybe she's a mulher dos livres. Maybe. Maybe she's a woman of the book of Christ. I don't know. But they try to read it. It says, and they try to read between the lines about what will happen to you. Like telling the future. So almost like tarot card reading. It says, (laughs) but not. (laughs) Yeah. The very next thing it says is these women closely resemble what would be called a fortune teller in English. Cool. Have you ever gone to a fortune teller? No. I'm a little bit scared, but I have been really enjoying tarot card readings on TikTok. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Because the, al- the algorithm just pushes them to your feed. And obviously, yeah. the more of them you watch, the more they continue to get pushed to your feed. But they, I'll just be scrolling and they'll be like, stop. like the next video comes up and it's like stop this message is for you if this video found you on july 31st this message is for you the spirit guides have moved me to give you this message and i'm just like give it to me it all in yeah you're like taking it all in (laughs) you're like yes and if it's like a message that i don't like i just scroll past it but if it's a message (laughs) i like if it's a message i like i'm like yes yes i receive this energy yes You're like, ah, yeah, I don't like this one, so I'm just going to go by. Yes, I I keep going until I find a message that I like. (laughs) Incredible. But have you gone to a tarot card reader? I've gone. I've gone twice to the same lady. I think like a few years apart. It was like old lady and it was kind of cute because it was here in the city you would go to her house. So again, it was at her house. <laughs> so in two separate occasions, I went with my cousins. And so while she was with one person in the room doing doing her thing, you stayed in the living room watching TV with her husband. <laughs> Stop. Stop. I think she had like a pet bird. But like, yeah, you would watch like TV on the couch with her husband. She would be in the other room and then you would switch off. Like when she was done with, like, you know, when she was done with my cousin, I went in and my cousin watched TV with her husband. 
So I feel like there was like a nanny cam situation with like an ear earpiece, an AirPod or something in her ear. <laughs> and the spirits that were moving her were really just like you talking in the living room. And she was like picking up information Ration. and using it in her reading for her ear. Imagine that. <laughs> Yeah, that stinks to high heaven. Even the bird, was it a parrot? Like the parrot was definitely. <laughs> I think it was a bird. The husband was so nice and he was so cute. They were old. Couldn't really remember what she told me, honestly. She did say I would find the love of my life. He would be a man in the uniform with blue eyes. Still waiting for him. <laughs> Still waiting for him. <laughs> that man in the uniform. We'll see. Right, right, right. The ones on tick the ones on TikTok are free. You don't even have to pay. <laughs> Do you think they'll tell me that the love of my life is in uniform? Maybe. They- <laughs> uh, you can just scroll until they do. <laughs> until I find one. So yes, these women were like fortune tellers, apparently. But it says unlike fortune tellers, these women were considered to play a significant role in the healing practices of society. Although some people did not seem to take them seriously. I think that's always going to be a thing. It's the unknown. It's if what you don't know. You don't like, don't know if you want to believe it or not. How is this? Let's, let's just get back to this though, because it's saying that unlike fortune tellers, these people are actually healing a Ganesh. But yeah, like my, all they're doing is reading from the book of Sanskrit's Milage. <laughs> like you're gonna go there and you're gonna be like, she's gonna read a couple passages out of this book and then tell you what to do with your life and your agnias are gone. It's crazy. But isn't that kind of like with the church when you go to confession? <laughs> You tell them what you tell them all your sins, and then you pray, and you're all of a sudden you're not a sinful <laughs> person, <laughs> and you just believe it. I yeah, I suppose. Do you think a lot of this is too like the like the power of our mind? Like we just if someone tells you, if someone like this tell I. Mm-hmm. I think my thing is like I believe in a lot of this. You know, I'm all for like I'm all for this. Um, I believe in some of it and some of them just like, uh, oh, it's, you know, some of it's crazy. So I'm not hating on any of this, but do you, I'm just saying like, do you think it could be like the power of your mind that you're like, he has this healer telling you this and that and boom, you're like, okay, I believe this and it's going to work. I absolutely think that your mind is completely in charge of so much of what you feel and anxieties and even anxieties that manifest physically and all of that so yeah i guess but like i mean if you got a stomach bug (laughs) you go go see the woman of the book what is she gonna do (laughs) right that you would think you would go you would go to your herbalist right (laughs) (laughs) you gotta make the right choices (laughs) they would give you a concoction right yeah Drinking tea was always like a cure-all too. Even till this day, if I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. I feel like a stomach ache. 
my mom will be like, do you want Shazane? And it's like, what is like, he's not going to help my stomach. <laughs> Are you ready for witches? Absolutely. I smell fall. So the, the Brucia, a healer most commonly associated with black magic or evil, translates to witch, sorceress, or enchantress, or even some people call them like mediums. But they were not generally seen to facilitate wellness, it says. Residents of the island were quick to warn against visiting them. Oh, witches weren't a thing. They didn't like to go to witches. Well, it's kind of all over the place. I don't know. It said it said they're sometimes sought after by women when their husbands are thought to be having an extramarital affair. <laughs> all right. Or when a young bride wants to ensure that her groom makes it to the altar. <laughs> I, I get that. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would be well for that one. Previous research in North America with Azorian immigrants suggested that witches do help people by fending off bad spirits with the aid of rituals that offer prayer, fruit, flowers, incense, or candles. However, the people from this study more commonly associated bruches with evil curses. <laughs> Nobody would name a witch that they were acquainted with. Many of them spoke of one of the witches who caused a death by using poisonous herbs. Damn. I like witches. <laughs> there was always rumored in my family that somebody was a witch. So this particular person that was a witch, our family stopped talking to them, not because she was a quote unquote witch. I think she probably just was interested in this stuff, just mm. like how I am. And if you believe in anything else besides Jesus Christ, you're the devil. Mm. <laughs> so maybe that's why. But my mom is like convinced that when this person came and visit my mom and me when I was I was like a baby. And they came to visit and they gave a gift. And after that person left, I started choking. And my mom, till this day, will tell you that she put like a little spell or something on me. My mom's convinced. <laughs> convinced, convinced, convinced. But did you die, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> my mom said that like she pulled out like this like plastic thing in my mouth. So I don't know. If you start choking tonight when you go to bed, you'll know why. <laughs> I feel like it's my acid reflux. Gneeish, <laughs> I have a gneeish. <laughs> All right. And now we're getting into the last category of these like healers. You would think almost because they're such a like a religious culture that they would be against going to these. I know. Well, Jesus was a healer. He healed the guy with the leprosy, right? <laughs> Jesus was a brusha. Yeah. So why are some people against this then? It seems like they're not. Against well, they're, they're a little sketchy on witches, but it seems like all the rest of the... They're okay with. Yeah. Fru-fru magic, they're okay with. So one of the very first things in this section about cures talks... <laughs> it has this... Azorian proverb highlighting a trust in God. And it says, 
Dej a Kinkuda, you mad go lavo dinid. It's God who cures and the doctor who gets the money. <laughs> That's hysterical. That's amazing. The doctor, you are actually not doing anything. You went through all those years of medical school. You have no idea what you're doing. You're just taking the money, and God is the one who is curing me. Me. And you're wow. just taking the money. Isn't that great? It's awesome. I'm going to say that to my doctor next time. <laughs> Listen, dude, senor. I'm not paying this copay. <laughs> this was Jesus. Jesus fixed me. It says these cures use many different types of treatments depending on the nature of the problem. Most often they'll give a mixture of herbs. So I don't know. Are they an herbalista also? I don't know. I'm seeing some overlap, but it says that people, so people will drink as tea. So here's your Shah. Here's your, here's your teas. My Shah Zane's coming back. This one person who was suffering was told to drink tea made from the leaves of a bitter orange tree and to, quote, be calm, end quote. (laughs) I'm just laughing because, like, how do you tell someone to be calm? It's like telling them, like, telling someone to relax. (laughs) You know, like, when people get mad, like, don't tell me to relax. (laughs) This gets better. In her case, she had said she had been very nervous and the hair on the front of her head had fallen out. She was grateful that the curer had cured her. But when I met her, she did not seem concerned that her hair still seemed to be falling out. (laughs) Oh, no. So she has alopecia. Drink this shot and be calm. Drink the tea and be calm. And your hair is going to come back. Well, no, he doesn't even say that. No, but she was grateful. She was cured. I like that. I like the be calm. It's like that. What are those stupid decorations? Keep calm and carry on or something like that, right? Keep calm and drink tea or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's going on the merch. That's going on the merch. <laughs> that's right. When merch is ready, we'll, too, we'll talk. We'll make an announcement on merch. <laughs> Keep calm and drink tea. So this other woman who had been to many cures was told to wash her grandson in a mixture of herbs. She was able to identify rosemary as one of the herbs, could not identify the others. Her grandson, quote, saw things, dot, 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 a soul, souls from the other world, end quote. The young boy also described people pulling at his feet, which caused him to faint. Grandmother was instructed to burn a bunch of herbs while praying in the boy's home to get rid of the evil spirits. This is a common activity that is prescribed by curers for people who suffer from the evil eye, which you will have to explain to me what that means because I don't know what the evil eye is. Wait, so before before we get into that, um, (laughs) so why didn't the lady just like sage her house? Maybe that was the herb. She obviously just has ghosts in her house and maybe because young like younger people can see ghosts more than people our age. So like maybe their son the son was young, the grandson. Grandson, yeah. Young and little, and so he can see them. So just sage your house. Maybe that was the herb that she was supposed to burn. Oh, okay. Cause it did say to burn a mm-hmm. burn a herb. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that we did it all into this. 
And then now we want to go back to the evil eye because you said you don't know what it means or you know I don't know what of it. Really? No, I, I really don't know. So the evil eye is like um, a look or a stare that someone gives you and it's like bad luck. They're giving you that stare or that look and it's like a curse. What? <laughs> <laughs> like it's like a... Um, <laughs> Let me, I'll give you a specific what it is. It's like a Greek, it's a. It's in the, actually the Greek culture. People can not only wish negative thoughts on you, but the power of the eye is that some people unknowingly cast a curse on others. Just by looking at them. And anybody Correct. can do this? Yeah, and that's why it's important to wear an evil eye somewhere on your body. To like ward it off. So when a person wears or carries an evil eye... It guards them against misfortunes happening in one's life. So you have to wear the eye. Wear it. Like I have a little like bracelet that I wear. You wear just a random evil eye. Yep. So, so back to this. Sorry. Back to this person. That's a witch. <laughs> so the evil eye is like a big thing with my family because this person, so-called witch, they believe that they were like. Like, okay like my mom thought she cursed me and made me choke on something so this is why like wearing an evil eye was like a big thing for us you you gotta like choose to either believe it or not right <laughs> okay so have you been wearing an evil eye since you were like a baby no <laughs> no <laughs> i'm not do you have like an evil eye an evil eye onesie <laughs> no but they do have them now and i was like oh my god this is so cute only if I want if I wanted a child, I would have. I would definitely be getting one of them. Absolutely. Okay, so my question is: the person who gives you the evil eye, mm-hmm. do they know they're giving you the evil eye? Uh, do they know they're cursing you just by looking at you with their eyes? <laughs> I would think so. Like the evil eye is a look or a stare that is believed to give bad luck to the person who is directed for reasons of envy or dislike. And it's like a jealousy thing. Melissa's like not into it. <laughs> the most widely accepted evil eye bead color is blue. Mm-hmm. Is your future husband an <gasps> evil eye? Oh, that's good. Nice. That's not good. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> that wouldn't be good if he was an evil eye. Right. In a, what did she say? In a suit? In a in uniform? In a uniform. Oh, would he be my evil eye as like my protector? Ooh. Would he be would he be my own like my own personal talisman? Your personal what? <laughs> talisman. <laughs> I'm over this because this is like real, like I'm getting your real reactions with this stuff. Cause I thought like you kind of I thought you knew some of this stuff. No. No. Maybe I only know about it because. I had this family member that was a witch, apparently. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm going to keep going here. (laughs) For healthcare providers, treatment from these curers provides a valuable service because they provide psychological support and the placebo effect, which is very important. So like the actual doctor's think the curers are good because they give these people a placebo effect 
this is saying that they would actually fly these cures from Portugal to like Boston. No way. One of the local cures from Portugal took a direct flight to Boston four times in a five month period. He goes because people pay him to go there to fix things that they only trust him to do. So people, probably immigrants for sure, they pay his ticket to go from here to there to solve their problems. That's how famous he is. So you're paying a healer, (laughs) you're paying the healer to come take a vacation. To give you a placebo. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'm all about this stuff. So I'm into it. So I'm not making fun. But yeah, you just pay this guy to come to the United States. <laughs> I'm all about the placebos, but this sounds like an expensive placebo. Right. <laughs> exactly. So this next part says that sometimes people are tired and sick because they go see doctors and psychiatrists in Canada or the U.S. And most of the time, psychiatrist says you know what? You're crazy. I'm going to put you on Prozac. I'm going to put you in a mental institution. And that is it. That's why most of the time people say, no, I'm not crazy. I'm seeing things. <laughs> um, he explained how the mental health care of Canada effectively silenced immigrants because the Azorian ways of expressing distress is often misunderstood. I'm sure if an Azorian were to go to a psychologist in Canada and talk about that the spirit, the spirit possession, he would have quite a problem. Oh, <laughs> they basically like they can go to all of their doctors and healers in Portugal and be like, listen, I am dealing with spirit possession. They're going to be like, OK, let's fix it. And then it's like totally normal. But they go here and like you're going to be put in a straitjacket real freaking quick. No. So you're just going to continue to see spirits and demons and all that and be possessed. Because America doesn't want to add that into the insurance plan. (laughs) (laughs) Your premiums go up if you have to deal with spirit possession. (laughs) You you don't. I'm sorry. We can't. You you didn't get the supernatural plan. (laughs) We can't help you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, that's so great. (laughs) So I'm almost imagining these healers being kind of like a speakeasy. Right. You don't know about it type of thing. Right. Right? Like it's like it's like disguised as like a barbershop up front. And then you you walk through like the closet in the back and there's like a little healer in the corner. Like, is that what's happening? Out there, That's like, a, is that how these play, people have a place? Like, you ain't gonna find them on Yelp, right? Yeah, you need, yeah. You need, pass, <laughs> you need a secret passcode to get in there to get it's in. The, it's the black door, fourth door down. <laughs> like, you're gonna have to like try to see if you. I want you to try to find a healer while you're out there. <laughs> I know. I will. I hope I don't like come down with something that needs healing while I'm there. No, but. I know. No, <laughs> I just want you to see if they're like at a storefront or <laughs> they probably have billboards for them now. What was that woman in the 90s that used to be on all the commercials? She's come on way late at night. She was like a fortune teller woman. Cleo. Woman. Cleo. Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo. I think that she was like all 
one of my episodes I listened to my pod, one of my other podcasts that I listened to, they did a whole episode on her about her being like a fraud, which I was like, oh, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Miss <laughs> Cleo, that's right. I have a few more things in this article. This one I think makes me a little bit sad. It says members of the community did off did not often question healthcare professionals and they maintained the attitude that it's you that knows when dealing with physicians and nurses. Some healthcare professionals believe this was because of a lack of health education. One elaborated the fear of what do I have a little pain that transforms itself into a huge pain, a big thing that sometimes is nothing. Do you understand? We see that a lot here. Here, I mean, not only here, but in the whole country, we see a lack of health education. You don't know what you have. You are afraid. Then you go to the doctor for any reason. So this is like the opposite of your dad. This is like someone who's running to the doctor for answers for everything, which was like, I had one grandfather that was like that. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's definitely not my dad. You had a grandfather like that? Yeah. And then I had one like the opposite. So like it was... I felt like you were either one end of the spectrum or the other. Like either you were like so fearful and you just wanted the doctor to fix everything, little thing that was wrong with you, or you didn't trust the doctors at all and you didn't want to go at all. Right. We're like a, a wait and see type of people. Like where does the wait and see fall? Like we like, let's wait a week. If it doesn't get better in a week, then maybe we'll go to the doctor. <laughs> like mm. type of situation. I, I guess towards the end of this, I'm just getting sad with all of these things that I've highlighted here. But Azorians say that, quote, when people have an illness or disease, this gives life meaning. We must have a cross to bear and the cross to bear can even be illness or disease. Why not? It gives life meaning. This supports the redemptive value in suffering and the relationship suffering creates with the divine for the Azorians. Why do they need to suffer so much? It's like that con they just stay in that like constant state of suffering, like a sadness, suffering. Like it, it's almost they're afraid to like express like happiness. So just like in the past couple days, I sent you these pictures from some celebration that mm-hmm. was happening. A celebration, like a, a fun celebration that was happening in my dad's village. And they had posted these pictures on Facebook back so from San Miguel. And I looked at the pictures and there was tables upon tables of people all sitting in chairs at this celebration of food and games and whatever was happening. And I was like, Kelly, look at this picture. There's not a single person smiling. There was not one smile to be had in the like 75 people that were seated at this event. And I'm like, yeah. this is so indicative of how our people are. Yeah, it's fucking just, sad. Which is miserable. Yeah. I have to yell at my mom to smile in a freaking picture. I'm like, why, do, why don't you smile? Oh, like, what am I going to smile for? What do you mean what are you going to smile for? <laughs> They don't like my dad doesn't smile. I don't think my dad knows how to smile. My mom, <laughs> at least I can get like a 
you know, like a little bit of a lip uh, movement. <laughs> but yeah, they don't. It's so interesting because my like grandparent level generation, all of those people, like they don't smile at all. No. And straight face. I'm even like, I my, get it. Even my dad, like I can go through like hundreds of pictures of my childhood and growing up and you'll you'll you catch a smile like once every hundred pictures and you're right. like what like it's so bizarre or maybe they're just not used to taking pictures but do you think that they feel as miserable as they look oh man sometimes i think they do but i feel <laughs> i feel bad that they're miserable yeah. And, and I don't know if they're truly miserable. Like, I feel like they enjoy the misery. I don't. I don't. Do think, I don't know. Do you think they almost feel like they don't deserve like the like like good things in life? Like they don't deserve it. Like they feel like they think they don't they don't deserve it almost. I don't know why they think it. But yeah, like it seems like they are so embedded in the like the religion that it's it's like, well, Christ suffered. I need to suffer and I need to show Christ that I'm suffering. So I am going to not smile. I'm going to just be miserable all the time. And this is how I'm going to yeah. bear, bear my cross. And this is how I'm going to suffer. And we're going to suffer together as a community. And we're all going to be like this. Like, it's so strange. But homeboy suffered and he came back. <laughs> he came He came back and like hung out. <laughs> They have like a fear of happiness. It's like a fear of happiness. And I don't know about the ones that are still living out there on the island, but like maybe with our parents since they like immigrate immigrated here, do they feel like they can't be happy that they like out of that situation of living on the island and not like not having to be worried about freaking their island freaking getting destroyed or their towns getting homes being destroyed. So they almost feel guilty that they live here. Well, I don't know. It's a whole psychology behind it. Why they're so miserable? Oh, I, I don't even. Feel, I don't even feel that anymore. I feel like now I, I think that they're almost more miserable that they're not on the nice island. I would, yeah, that's how I would feel. I would, I would be pissed that I'm like I, I am here on like I, I left there. Like right. at the time for them coming here, it probably seemed like an amazing idea. Right now, and now it would be like send me back. You're just like, we, we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We fucked up. That was a yeah. great place. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, it's crazy. Just so all so we could have a better life and we could talk about them on our podcast. Right. <laughs> so with that, we're going to go into our new segment. It's called Mental Health. two tips one from each of us so we can get some smiles <laughs> coming out of us coming out of these people so we're not all just looking miserable I can go first mine is quick and easy my tip today is going to be someone actually a friend of mine is the one who put me onto this when I was having really bad anxiety and it was ashwagandha supplements so I just ordered them on Amazon. They taste a little peppery. They kind of, I 
feel like they have a peppery aftertaste to them and they're pretty big horse pill, but they are supposed to be like kind of like a stress relieving, reducing thing. And at the time I was taking them, I was also taking CBD oil pills. Both of those things I feel like are great placebos. (laughs) So I don't know how much they actually help or didn't help, but they made me feel like I was doing something because I was taking my ashwagandha and my CBD twice a day. And then I eventually just weaned off of them, but it helped me for the period of time that I needed them. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember you sent them to me and I still yet to, I've saved it, but I hadn't um, ordered it obviously. Cause I'm very one like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. And then I don't, I have, I have sucky follow through with some stuff. <laughs> Do you feel like it was a placebo or just, you don't know? Because I know other people that take it. Like my friends, my coworkers, mom takes it and it helps her with like her blood pressure, apparently. I mean, so, it's a, uh-huh. it, it helped me through that period. So whether yeah. it was a placebo or not, either way, it was helping, <laughs> you know? Not um, bad. And then I eventually was like, oh, I feel good. I don't need to take these anymore. But it was a crutch for me for a while where I was like, yeah. Oh my god, I my I got bad anxiety. Let me take these pills, and it was helping. So, so mine's is a book that I am currently, I would say, mid reading because I take like a lot of breaks sometimes when I read a book. <laughs> um, so mine's is the worry trick, and I was just looking up his. The author is David Carbonell. And it's the worry trick, how your brain tricks you into expecting the worst and what you can do about it. So it just gives you like tricks. Sorry, it gives you like tips and strategies on how to, like if your mind is thinking one thing, how to get out of it. And I'm a couple chapters in, took a break from it. Don't know why. (laughs) Haven't got back into it, but I did really like the book. So I just need to give myself some more time to get back into reading it. Yes, I will push you to keep reading that because I feel like that's something that I always tell you about is it's like it's all in it's all mind work and training yeah. your mind to be to think differently. And that's kind of how I eventually walked worked my way out of my crippling anxiety disorder. And it's it's amazing what you can do if you just have a different way of thinking. Just, just think think differently about it. Yeah. And like try to have a positive way of thinking it. Yeah. And I think part of it was just not feeding into the negativity. It's not like there's ever going to be a negative thought that pops into your head ever again. Like you'll never get that to fully go away. But when when the negative thought appears, instead of feeding it, (laughs) right, you just acknowledge it, feel it, shut it down. You know, yeah. like I constantly feed it. I know I'm you do. <laughs> I give it way too much power. <laughs> I'm constantly oh. feeding, giving them snacks, granola. Kesha makasa pukma. Son of a bitch. Kesh papish. Oh, my anxiety. My anxiety lives rent free. I just start charging it. <laughs> So I'm going to wish my future self a wonderful trip in San Miguel and a safe trip home. And I will see you guys on the other side of that. So it's about that time. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast, 
please just give us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. You can also visit our website. It's folkandfad.com. We have transcripts available there of every episode. And you can also send us an email, mail at folkandfad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Same handle there, folkandfad. And for Instagram, you can follow us at underscore it's called culture. 